in association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life podcast, Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between, because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host, a farmer, a former agri-business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Well, hey guys, thank you for joining us today for another episode of That Farm Life Podcast. I am Archie Mason, your host, and we are a part of the Agri Health Network. If you're interested in that, you can go to agrihealth.net, check us out for more resources. This podcast, That Farm Life, is a resource. This is where we talk about real life issues in the farming community. We want to help each other learn how to deal with the issues and the problems of stress. We always have a saying, it's okay not to be okay, but We just want to help you not stay that way. So, again, thanks for joining us today. Today, we have Jim Tubbs. Jim grew up on a farm, went into banking, and now he is specializing in helping people in the ag industry. Hey, Jim, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Pastor Archie. Good to be on. Yes, sir. Well, man, I appreciate you so much. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Okay. Uh, Well, first of all, my name is Jim Tubbs. I grew up on a family farm just southwest of Jonesboro. Uh, we produced rice, soybeans, uh, all feed grains, and also raised beef cattle and had a purebred Yorkshire herd. Had a very diverse operation. I uh, went to Valley View Schools. I graduated with the class of 75. After that, I enrolled in Arkansas State University. Uh, spent time there, received a bachelor's in agribusiness and economics. My first job was in, uh, with the farmland investment company in Memphis. And I worked there uh, looking at land all over the Mid-South and Texas and Virginia. I did that for a year and a half. And uh, then in 1981, I joined Farm Credit System. I'd started my career in agri-lending at at that time as a farm loan officer. And then I joined a local CPA firm to do some farm financial consulting. I was in that firm that did mostly farms, farm accounting, and uh, helped them with their uh, most of it at that time, most of, most of it was debt restructuring, uh, just getting getting through some tough times. Then after that, in the fall of '88, I, I joined Mercantile Bank in Jonesboro, and uh, which, long story short, became Regions Bank. So I started there with commercial banking and agri lending, all all the way through until my retirement at the end of 2020. I retired from Regions Bank as the Northeast Arkansas market executive, but I spent a little over 40 years as a farm lender, and uh, I married my wife, Brenda, in 1979, and we have two daughters, uh, two sons-in-laws, and four grandkids. Wow, man, I tell you what, God has really blessed you. You know, Jim, I didn't know all your story. I guess I realized you did grow up pretty well in Northeast Arkansas, but you have a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of wisdom. And so I'm so glad you're on our podcast today. How, when you were drawn into the financial sector, as far as in the lending and in farm management, uh, you mentioned your background, uh, some ranching, also row crop farming, but how did that farm knowledge help you 
in regard to lending and management and, you know, doing uh, financial consulting for ag folks? How did that help you, your background? Well, obviously that background, uh, I understood their life and I understood their ups and downs and the risk they took every every year to roll the dice, so to speak. A lot of uh, a lot of things can go wrong that they have nothing to do with, and uh, and I know it's it's really different. Farming is different than any other type of industry or any type of career. Uh, owner operators, uh, you know, farmers are doing all the book work, accounting, investing, but also doing the work too, which is really unusual for most businesses, and. Uh, but when I when I was in uh, the last year of Arkansas State, I I joined an internship. It took an internship with the Federal Land Bank, which also became the Farm Credit System, and that really got me interested. Uh, I worked with some senior lenders in, uh, of course, Jonesboro, but Pine Bluff and Texarkana, and different aspects of the farm arena, uh, different types of agriculture, and uh, I just liked everything about it. Uh, there's so much business in in farming, and uh, I felt like that was the closest I could get to the farm without farming, and uh, it was a good career. So that's how I got into it. But just uh, I, I could appreciate the hard times and the good times that farms had, and uh, I just really like working with farmers and the you know farm families. They're they're honest and hardworking, and uh, don't have to check behind them, so to speak, and uh, they're always leaning forward. And, and uh, you know, my success is based on their success. Yeah, well, I think that's a, a very good statement. Your success and that type of field you're in is based upon their success. And, you know, it is a lifestyle and you have to love it. You've got to love that lifestyle uh, of farming. So thank you for sharing that. You know, you recently retired from the banking, but you've not stopped serving farmers, in Northeast Arkansas and the surrounding area. So what is your new career? What are you doing now? Well, uh, most of this last year, I've I mean, been enjoying retirement, but I'm entering a new field. Um, I've joined a farm management firm here in Jonesboro, the Glob Farm Management. The principal is Ted Glob. And uh, myself and uh, two other agents work there. Uh, most of their income and in their business is managing farmland for absentee owners. Most of them live out of state and just people that have inherited land or, or wanted to buy land in Arkansas and or in the, in the Mid-South. We cover more than just Arkansas. But my role is going to be more of uh, the, as a farm financial consultant. Whenever farm families are going through a big change, maybe uh, someone died suddenly, maybe they've got to recalculate due to death or the three big things are death, debt, and divorce. And uh, those things can really disrupt uh, a farm operation. Mm. Uh, and going through those, that, those rapids, I guess, um, sometimes you need a, a consulting uh, services to get through that. And uh, just lots of things. Uh, when there's a, an intersection, I'll say, and uh, decisions have to be made. And sometimes you just need a third party to um, gather the inform information and uh, put together a team of, you know, between the accountant and the lawyer and the crop insurance and the FSA. There's just a lot to go 
Oh yeah. I know all the, yeah, all the farmers now, they they do definitely realize there is a lot of moving parts uh, in the ag world. Hey, if someone is listening to this podcast and they, they realize you have an expertise that they need or uh, glob farm management, how do they get in touch with you? Do you guys have a website? you have an email address? How can they reach you? Yeah, the, the simplest thing to do is just to go to the website of Glob Farm Management, G-L-A-U-B, uh, Glob Farm Management. Okay. And, uh, my phone number, I, I'll give you my number, 870-919-0650. Okay. That's so my number. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can reach out to you by text or by... Uh, phone yeah. call text and, or call right? yeah text or call that way they maybe someone out there that they're going through what you mentioned and they say hey he sounds like a knowledgeable person has some he knows where we are and can help us out hey now you also mentioned uh, being with farm credit uh back in like the 80s and so that was a difficult time and so there are probably many people listening some of them it just gave them heartburn when we mentioned the 80s but for others Remember they were younger. What what happened uh, in the eighties? Why was that so difficult? Well, there were there were a lot of things going on in the late seventies to start with, and then the early eighties. Um, and I did. I I started my career first day of nineteen eighty. So I I got on a downhill train pretty quick. But uh, I can review that just quickly as I can. But it's kind of a complicated answer. Um, but there was a lot going on politically and economically. Um, and we had a lot of bad things happen all at the same time. Uh, the number one thing was the inflation rate, inflation rate or consumer price index. And that was really getting out of the hand in the 70s. And uh, there's a lot of talk about that right now. And the last four years, the inflation rate has been in a range between zero and three percent. And the most recent estimate for this year is going to be around uh, well, I said 4.8%, but it hadn't been that high since the early 90s. And if you go back to the 70s and early 80s, that same rate was between 5% and 14%, mm. that kind of inflation rate. And it was really what they called runaway inflation. And it was much higher than it is now. So the prices of everything was going up a lot every year. And um, that's what was going on. Then uh, President uh, Ronald Reagan was elected in November of 80, started 1981, and he uh, uh, chose to put a stop to that. And uh, that's uh, when he set policies in place to decrease the money supply and cool it off. And the way to cool off inflation is to decrease the money supply and in- increase interest rates. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Um, like right now, the prime rate is hanging around 4%, a little bit less. Well, in 1980, that same rate peaked at 21%. Wow. So the first half of the 1980s, when I started, uh, interest rates on farm loans were, uh, they were in a range from 10% to 18%. Uh, Some gusted higher than that, but that was crop loans, land loans, equipment loans, all that. Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine if we went to that today. So, so the interest rates were high was the number one factor. And uh, so this high rate, you know, caused the land values to actually fall. People say land can never go down, but it did then. And uh, 
uh, land values fell and and the commodity prices fell also because that um, those policies uh, increased the strength of the dollar against foreign currencies. So soybeans, rice, cotton, uh, the other countries that bought them, which most of, most of ours goes to other countries, they're, it costs more for them to buy the same thing. So, so the strong dollar hurt. And then back to the land values, um, the crop prices falling. So balance sheets were shrinking. The, besides, obviously, the working capital, um, the uh, actual net worth was and, uh, farmers and just went down, down, down because of land values that were, you know, went to half or so. And uh, imagine if that took place again. But that, that's what all happened. Uh, that's the real crux of it. Short answer. Uh, but then to add insult to injury in 1980, we had the, really the one of the worst droughts we'd ever had here. Yeah. Pretty widespread. So all that caused the really one of the greatest financial fallout in the, since the Great Depression of the 30s. So. Wow. Would you describe that financially as what could be called maybe a perfect storm when a lot of different issues came together? Has it ever been described that way? Yeah, a lot of times okay. <laughs> it was the perfect storm, and and none of it was the fault of the farm operator. Uh, they just got caught in the storm. It was just you know a lot of a lot of second guessing. I'm sure of farmers and other people saying, "Well, they should have done this, should have done that." But um, it happened so fast. Uh, you know, the interest rates. If you look at the charts, it just jumped up and. Uh, and just caught everybody leaning the wrong way. What do you think? What do you, you, you said this, but I didn't catch it. What is predicted that the inflation rate will be this year? What did you say it was or right now? Where it's- In 2021, the latest number is 4.8. Okay. It, it probably inching a little higher than that. And I, I'm not an economist, uh, so I can't speak to what it's really going to be. Yes. There's a lot of talk about that right now. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand. Hey, now we do have a lot of input costs. That's been the convert rising input costs. That's been the conversation on our podcast the last couple times I've interviewed with folks. Uh, some people are really thinking about what the next few years may look like. Do you have some practical ways that people may prepare mentally and financially for maybe a tough season in 2022 or maybe for the next two or three years? What advice would you give? Well, I hope none of that happens. Um, First of all, we've had a, in spite of everything else, we've had a fairly good year in 2021. Um, but financially, to, to prepare, it's, it's really the basics. Uh, number one is, is your working capital sufficient? Working capital is just a simple math, but the difference between current assets and current liabilities. And uh, that's what your banker or lender will want to talk about the most. And uh, as, a, as a goal to shoot for, uh, that working capital number should be around 20% of your annual cash expenses. That's those are just some a guideline. But I, I really to discuss that with your lender as you prepare for the year and and uh, you know what what I need to do to improve my working capital. And um, there's lots of ways to do that. We don't really have time to get into that. But if you're tight or negative right now. It will only get worse if if this plays out. So you need there needs to be cushion built in your balance sheet and uh, working capital. Um, 
Secondly, because of the interest rate threat, um, it's a good time to lock in low rates. And we, we've had some good rates, and most most people have done that, but there may be some that haven't. Um, there's some good long-term interest rates, and um, really don't need to have land or anything anything long-term uh, on a variable rate. Um, you, you'd like to think, and every time I listen to this, I listen to it every day, about what the Fed's going to do and all that. And uh, you know, they say, well, it's going to go up really gradual. Well, um, they might not. Um, that didn't happen in the other time, and I watched it this morning. And when they start trying to catch up and cool this off, you know, they bring in the big trucks and hose it down, and uh, and that will do it. That will stop inflation. Um, so just be aware that they they may not do what they think they'll do because <laughs> they because they may not can you know. And, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. So interest rates. Uh, last thing is just be conservative in your spending. Uh, you know, be careful about taking on big new debt without. I say think twice, maybe think three times uh, if you really think that's going to be that way. So keep your equity position and and your financial ratios in good shape, and and your lender should coach you on that. But mentally, I'll, I'll say this: something do. Number one, just know your facts, know your true financial condition, know your limits. Number two, I think let your spouse and other important family members, you know, the involved family members know what's, uh, what you may be up against so that they won't get caught off, off guard. Um, there's rough waters ahead. Um, just like if you were in a canoe and you can see the rapids, you don't need to uh, just act like nothing's going to happen. So, Jim, let me pause and interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Then, if someone's listening to you and they're in operation and concerned, and you know, you've mentioned several things. Maybe if you've got land out there, if you don't have a long-term interest rate, maybe pursue that. Uh, you know, lock in a lock in a lower rate uh, since we got them now. Just being precautionary. So, if someone said, "Hey, again, uh, your expertise, Jim. If if I wanted to use." you or the company as far as in financial consulting, these are the type of issues that you would work with them and work through these things and giving advice. That's kind of your role now after all these years, almost 40 years or so yeah. in the lending business, this kind of be what you would do. Is that correct? That's, that's correct. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. I, hey, I don't know if some of the other people out there listening have the opportunity to do it. They may be, uh, they may be in the field if it's dry enough for them, or they may be at home. But I'm taking notes, so uh, yeah. good stuff. Hey, you, you know, with all of that, it probably made my blood pressure go up just a little bit. Just listening to kind of, well, you know, because there's so much unknown, and I know we face stress. But uh, you know, what are some things you know you might do to deal with the stress? And then anything else you want to add? I interrupted you, but yeah, well, you know, I was talking about the mental preparation, and and uh, because it's. Uh, you know, these things can hit pretty hard, and and I'll speak to men mainly because they seem to internalize. You know, we, we have a tendency to just keep everything and handle or carry all the load. And uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, I mentioned letting your spouse know if it, it's a husband, wife, or, but one of the things to prepare and help get through these, these times is really to pray. 
-hmm. pray for wisdom, um, uh, ask God for a, you know, I say, I hate to say that, ask God for a sign that you know you want me to do this. Allow God to help uh, with these big decisions, and He can change things that we cannot. And uh, I, I just think praying, uh, also take care of yourself physically, stay healthy and alert, uh, just like a pilot flying. He's to, if he's flying into a storm, he doesn't need to be uh, lackadaisical about it. And, and also develop more than one plan. You know, have a plan A, B, C, D, and uh, be ready to shift and just be on, be on the toes. So. You know, I know one thing, too, that I added that, and I think you would agree with me. We're, we're blessed in Northeast Arkansas with our community. We have a, a large community of believers in Christ that are ag-related. I know we even have uh, small groups that meet together, Bible study groups, and uh, the majority of them are ag people. So I think you'd agree with me that they could also find some of those folks that are like-minded in the same type of work and uh, they're in and to talk about these issues, not to hold all of this in, uh, but to, you know, have that community and fellowship with one another uh, in that farm life, just to kind of say, hey, I'm struggling here. Pray for me in this situation in my life. Uh, you know, what are you guys going to do in the coming year? I think you would agree. It would probably be some of that also. Yeah. You know, you know having someone to talk about it, with and uh, you know dealing with stress you know obviously if you're fortunate enough to have a um, a spouse that will that you can talk things through that's number one but that's not always the case uh, but uh, you definitely need a good friend even even besides that you know and I oh, say yeah. if you don't if you don't have a good friend go make one uh, you know there's everybody needs a uh, uh, someone to talk to and uh, you know I just think that's really important and and if it is serious if it's causing you really real issues you know I think seeking you know a church uh, Christian counseling and help you through stress and depression um, and uh, you ask about the 1980s that was at a high point I guess you know those are not good times I, I try not to think about it a lot <laughs> but uh, I really, because it uh, wasn't much fun. And, uh, uh, but, you know, there's, there's lots of, uh, uh, lots of medical advice, writings and articles about dealing with stress and just read that. And uh, as far as the physical part goes. So. Oh yeah. And I would agree too. And just for our listeners, again, Check us out at uh, agrihealth.net. We have some resources available. Also, we have some recommendations for some Christian counseling, uh, especially here in the Mid-South. If you're listening from other states or in other countries, hey, you can get in touch with us at info at agrihealth.net, and we will put you in contact with somebody uh, that can help you walk through these difficult times you may be in. Hey, Jim, thank you for sharing your story with us today. I hope I relayed some of this information that I've I've built up over the years. Oh yeah, like I said in the beginning, you have a wealth of wisdom and and knowledge, and so I feel very certain 
that we need to have you back on the podcast here uh, in a couple of months. We'll kind of check in. I know you said you're not uh, an economist, but you, you may have to be our advisor here on the podcast well, as we walk through the next few months, get back into the farming season again. So, again, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Hey, folks out there listening to us now, the financial climate that Jim has talked about, you know, it's it's kind of like the seasons that we experience. We don't know what's uh, going to come. And even when you do your best to prepare, we still face tough times. Hey, the Bible is full of stories of people who went through suffering uh, and loss. But like those in the Bible who trusted in the Lord, we can be confident and strong to carry us through. Again, if you have questions about that, reach out to me, Archie, at AgriHealth. .net. Again, thanks for joining us today. Until next week, we'll be back as the podcast always drops on Monday morning early. Until then, keep farming and keep the faith. We'll see you later. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast, planting hope, harvesting strength with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth, one word, dot net. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith. Keep the faith.